Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome once more to another podcast from the electrophysiology section here at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm Osama Wazni, the section head of EP at the clinic. And with me today is Dr. Santangeli. He's our new director of the Ventricular Arrhythmia Center uh, here at the Cleveland Clinic. Today, we're going to talk about ventricular arrhythmias, PVCs, and VTs. So first, I think the first thing we need to do uh, is welcome Dr. Santangeli. And the second is, let's define those. What are PVCs and what is ventricular tachycardia? Thank you, Dr. Wazni. It's a pleasure to be here. So uh, ventricular tachycardia, or PVCs, which means premature ventricular contractions, can range anywhere between one single extra beat from the bottom chamber of the heart, or it can be the right or the left bottom chamber, to multiple extra beats one after the other, which defines the tachycardia. So therefore, it's something that typically is manifest anywhere in between uh, having just palpitations all the way to having syncope, that means people pass out, or people with defibrillator may experience ICD shocks, defibrillator shocks. So a very variety of range of symptoms, and it can range again from minimal palpitations to all the way to syncope and even sudden cardiac death. So, the, so basically, this is arrhythmia or extra beats coming from the ventricle, which is the lower chamber of the heart. That's the main pumping chamber. It could be from the right ventricle or the left ventricle. And if they happen in singles, we call them PVCs. But if they happen in succession, more than three beats, we call it ventricular tachycardia. And it can go from being just palpitations and annoying to something very serious. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, I think um, sometimes it's very difficult for us to understand just by taking the history of the patient uh, what the culprit PVC or PT uh, uh, symptoms are because they can range and even within the same patients can have uh, one day just with palpitations and the next day may have uh, some more dizziness, for example, and loss of consciousness. But basically, yes, uh, these rhythms are fairly serious, uh, especially for VT we're talking about. And we need to have uh, an evaluation, usually quite expedited by, by us, really, by specialists for that, just because we want to rule out the presence of any other issues with the heart, in particular the presence of uh, any form of cardiomyopathy, which means uh, some form of structural problem of the heart uh, that can be uh, where VT can be just the first manifestation of it. So, and it's quite important in that sense. So a typical workup would be getting an echocardiogram. Yep. So the, an echocardiogram would look at the heart function and its structure, because those, if the, those are abnormal, then we probably have to address it. Now, the good news is that most PVCs, the heart function is normal, correct? That's absolutely true. Although when the PVCs are very frequent, even the heart function can be normal at the beginning but eventually may manifest with the dysfunction of the bottom chamber of the heart, a condition that is called as similar to heart failure, which is entirely reversible, though, if the PVCs are eliminated. Mm -hmm. So who are the patients who you think will benefit from treatment uh, yeah. in, in these scenarios? Well, I, I strongly believe we have a, a ventricular arrhythmia center here, which is dedicated to patients, uh, for all patients with arrhythmias, including the PVCs all the way to VT. And I do believe that any patient with uh, frequent uh, enough PVCs or episodes of VTs, even if one single episode, should really see us. And the reason for that is because it's not so much only because of the treatment, but also to understand what's happening with the heart. So we have a strong collaboration with the Heart Vascular Institute with other sections, including general cardiology, uh, heart failure imaging, 
So really when a patient comes to us, he will never leave the hospital, the clinic, without a full understanding of what's happening and why they had the PVCs or the VT in the first place, which is very important for them and also potentially for their family in case we do find sometimes genetic conditions can be associated with this problem. So, so. so that's a very important point is that we really will we'll start with an echo. We probably will end up getting an MRI. In some cases, we will do some genetic testing to understand what is going on and why a patient is having PVCs or VT. So now we, you know, we know that the patient has PVCs and, and we know that they're symptomatic and also in some cases they have ventricular tachycardia. So how do we um, treat them? Is it medically or do we always have to resort to what we call an ablation? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it really does depend on where the PVCs or VTs are coming from, originating, and also the presence of comorbidities. We, um, we do offer uh, medical therapy in most of these patients as a potential as a first line, although in a, a high volume centers like ours, the outcomes of catheter ablation are extremely uh, uh, beneficial, extremely good. So in a way that even as a first line therapy in select patients, uh, it may be really appropriate because we can guarantee elimination of uh, these problems in most patients with no medications. So PVCs in people who have uh, normal hearts are really very amenable to an ablation. Our success rates are really very high. Uh, it's amazing. I just had a patient who had PVCs for years and we did an ablation and he doesn't have any PVCs anymore. And he was just thinking out loud. And it's like, it's amazing. All these years I had these PVCs and now they're not there. I was like, why, you miss them? You want them back? And he didn't want them back because they were very annoying for him. But now there is another subset of patients who have uh, you know, very serious conditions. Those are patients with weak hearts and defibrillators, and now they come in with VT. So for our patients, they know that they have VT because their device is shocking them. So they're, they're aware of this, or their family members and loved ones experience this because uh, one of the symptoms of having ventricular tachycardia is actually passing out even before the defibrillator kicks in. So those patients are a different subset. They're a little bit sicker. Uh, how do we manage those patients? So for those patients, we really have a specific team actually that deals with them in terms of what happens before they come to the hospital, during the hospitalization and right afterwards, and also for the long term. Because really the plan here is not so much to suppress the VT, it's also to understand if the heart failure or cardiomyopathy that they have, that's the reason why they get this defibrillator in the first place most of the times, how will progress and what the prognosis will be, what will be the long-term outcomes. We really. Uh, in addition to VT suppression, we want to really want to make sure that the outcomes in terms of heart failure and other comorbidities is really taken care of. So we have a discussion, collegial discussion within our session, section and other sections to make sure that we have the right treatment pathways for these patients. Yeah, so, the, so most of those patients will end up you know, getting an ablation yeah. to manage their, their VT. But in addition to that, we are also collaborating with our heart failure specialists to optimize their medical management and also with our surgical colleagues in case they need, for example, an LVAD or even in certain cases, a heart transplant. Yeah. Is, that, is that correct? Absolutely true. And honestly, these patients uh, may have uh, different types of cardiomyopathies underlying. And uh, we recently looked at the outcomes, for example, according to the center volume. And yeah. uh, we did find actually that the, uh, both in terms of VT suppression, but also long-term uh, outcomes and acute complications that are way better in centers that are very high volume of uh, procedures, in particular ablations like us. And the reason for that is because we see more patients with a lot of variety of uh, cardiomyopathies. We know exactly what to do for each type, each subtype 
of uh, of ventricular tachycardia. You know, and I know that this, you know, this is a very complex problem for other hospitals actually to deal with, and that's why most of these patients, most of the patients are really referred to us uh, to take care of them. And once they come here, again, it's a comprehensive support system, you know, whether it's from the cardiologist, the electrophysiologist, heart failure, and uh, surgery. And, uh, you know, they, most of the time they do very well, but they need continued follow-up. And uh, could you tell us more about this and maybe some new things that we're developing to follow these patients up so we know how they're doing? Yeah, a couple of issues in that sense. I think um, it's very crucial, actually, whenever a treatment is indicated for PVCs or VT, uh, to try to be effective with the first um, type of ablation that when somebody does. So you're really waiting for the second one and getting referred to a third-line center like we are. Uh, usually it's not associated with great outcomes. And the reason for that is because occasionally the prior ablation can be prorhythmic or cannot get rid of the full substrate. Yeah. Or occasionally the persistence of VT can cause heart failure to progress with time, yes. which becomes more complicated. But if they get to us, we do have a meeting. We have our section, as we discussed, in other sections. We discuss what the best treatment pathway is, and then we go for a catheter ablation. And with the ablation procedure, which is a minimally invasive procedure that we do um, here, like, uh, and uh, basically we try to eliminate not just the VT that the patient presented with, we try to target all the possible circuits, all the possible VTs uh, that we see at the time of the procedure to be as comprehensive as possible. Yeah, I mean, it is minimally invasive, but it's really very complicated. Yeah. But uh, Dr. Santangeli is working on things to make it a lot safer and even more effective. Could you tell us a little bit about yes. that? So a couple of issues that we have with VT in particular, and uh, that's the reason why we get most of the referrals as well. Whenever the VT is not coming from the inside surface of the heart, which we can easily access from a, a minimum invasive approach uh, from the groin most of the times, uh, then we have to map the outer surface. And in order to map the outer surface, we have to introduce a little needle right under the breastbone to access that space. So that's been associated in lower volume center in particular, but also uh, occasionally we do see bleeding complications from it. So we're working on a new way to minimize that. And in fact, I, I strongly believe we did find a better way of minimizing that type of complication by uh, having a, a very controlled way of accessing the outer surface by creating a virtual space, a space with that we basically we do inject air in between the inner and the outer surface so we can actually see the space and we can go for it in terms of the access. And so far we have very good outcomes being the um, uh, highest volume in the US actually with this new approach and uh, we already published our first series and we're continuing to collect that in the Cleveland Clinic. That is perfect. And then one last thing we're working on is actually also the, the follow-up. We are creating uh, something called the ventricular tachycardia or ventricular arrhythmia tracker. We did this for atrial fibrillation already, but now we're also implementing it and working on doing it for uh, ventricular arrhythmias. And I think that will allow us to know better uh, in real time how our patients are doing. Thank you very much for being with us, uh, Dr. Santangeli, and thank you for listening to us. Hopefully, we can see you in another podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash loveyourheartpodcast. podcast.